thankful. Hallelujah. Are you happy? Tell you, even if you're not, you're in a really good place. It's a good place to be. Hallelujah. In the presence of God, it really is. You know, there's a battle for your attention. There's a battle for your soul. But you get to choose who wins. And you're making the right choice. So well done. Well done. Um, Hallelujah. I have been um, away. I was away last Friday in Bathurst. We did a miracle meeting down there at um, Hope Bathurst, where, which is one of our Glory City Network churches. And I oh, praise the Lord. It's just remarkable what the Lord's been doing. I started the, the day, um, they asked me to go and pray for a beautiful couple, elderly couple um, in their home. And I went and we, we ministered to them. And this beautiful lady, um, godly woman, as she'd suffered some significant traumas, personal losses from family, two children actually who had, had died. And um, she, was, she was, had been housebound for two years, had not been able to leave the house for fear and anxiety and went to pray for her. And uh, God delivered her and touched her. And she came to the meeting that night, came early, left late, big smile on her face. Oh, her husband was so happy. It was just beautiful to see what God did. And then that night, God did touch many people. But there was a beautiful um, lady that had come. I, I should look it up because she, she wrote us an email the next day. The Lord touched her. She had been through numerous rounds of chemo and she had a big carcinoma on her leg. Uh, 35, beautiful uh, mother of children and a very serious uh, situation. And just in the meeting, that suddenly her pain disappeared. She started crying because I, I can feel no pain. There's no pain. So she just started weeping. And the next day she wrote to us and said she went home and the lump has completely disappeared. Isn't that beautiful? Yay, Jesus. Oh, it makes my heart so happy. And then um, on Sunday I had the joy of um, ministering over at uh, Pine Rivers. And uh, that night after, as we were ministering at the altar, at the end, uh, um, the Lord did some beautiful, beautiful things, and I'm so grateful with the way he touched and healed and spoke to people. But there was one uh, precious lady there. Um, spontaneously, the Lord just delivered her. There was a demonic manifestation. She was delivered and set free, and I came up and I saw her afterwards, and she said, I feel like there's something else trying to get out. We prayed, and again she was delivered, and she was overwhelmed. She said, I... I've never heard of this or seen this. I need to know how to have how to do this so that other people can get free. And it was just beautiful to watch and see how the power of the Holy Spirit is just present to do whatever anybody needs. God is ready to meet us when we take the time to surrender our hearts to him and just let him touch. And you know there's something about vulnerability. When you get vulnerable before the Lord and say, Lord, here I am, touch me, have your way, move in my heart, then as we open our hearts vulnerably to him, he's able to come in and help. 
And that's the difference, I think. A lot of us, um, as you begin to discover the kindness of God, you begin to realize you can let go of shame. You can let go of pride. You can let get go of fear of what people might say or think and just let him in. And as you do, he's, he is the one that sets us free, that knows how to heal our hearts from the inside out. He knows how to come and undo all the knots. He knows the things that you're struggling with. And he's not ashamed of you. He's not horrified. He's there going, you've opened your heart to me and here I am to help you this wonderful Father. So, Father, we say thank you for your mercy and your grace. You're so good. You're so kind. And, Lord, we give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. So as we surrender our hearts to the Lord, I believe the Holy Spirit is wanting to move on our hearts. Today, as I was just preparing and praying, I was reading, oh, it wasn't reading, I was singing a song to myself, as I so often do. My life is a musical. Hallelujah. There's a song for everything. And um, just, I've, like Julie Andrews, you know, just at any moment could burst into song. Um, but I was singing a, a, script, a little um, scripture and song going around in my head. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And it was going on and on through my head throughout the day. You know, when God does that, you should pay attention. Because he is trying to speak to you. He'll get your attention however you're wired. I'm a musical person, so he'll get my attention that way. But he could get your attention through anything, through an advertisement, through anything. If you will give him your attention, though, and lean into what he's saying, God wants to speak to you. He wants to encourage you. He's got something for you every single day. Hallelujah. So I was reading. I looked it up, Jeremiah 29. I want to read it to you. We'll start at verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. I'm reading from the NLT. They're plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. In the end, your captivity, I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I'll gather you out of the nations where I sent you and will bring you home again to your own land. The promise of God, his promise to us, and all the promises for, for Israel, for Jesus. He says we have become co-heirs with Christ. Hallelujah. They are all yes and amen in Christ, which means they are all available for us, relevant to us, and available for us to say, amen, be it unto me, Lord, according to your word. So be it. Hallelujah. And you know, we can sing this, we can know this, sing it as a Sunday school song, we can know the, know the scripture. Yeah, yeah, I know that, that's basic. But if we actually understood that the truth of God's heart for us is always for our good, then we would be able to trust him so much more than we often do. Because often we're like, oh God, but oh God, but oh God. And so he doesn't know 
all the possible problems of obeying him might bring. But we can trust him that always he's working things together for your good, that his plans are for your good. It's not always easy, but it's always the very best that he has for you. He says, I set before you life and death. Choose life. He tells you the answer. Choose life. This is a good one. Pick this one. I'm giving you a choice because I love you and true love is free. But here, choose life. And if we choose not to follow him, he still comes after us and he's still there waiting with a smile on his face. And when we momentarily glance back and see if he's still there, he's not looking with a, a look of rejection and, and annoyance and frustration and hurt on his face. He's there going, I still love you. I haven't changed my mind about you. I'm still looking for you. I still love you. Relentless love. Hallelujah. And this is who our God is. Isaiah 49:14 says this, "But Zion said, "The Lord has forsaken me, and my Lord has forgotten me." You know, sometimes you might feel like, "Well, where's God? What's he doing? My God, why God, why have you forsaken me? Why God, why is this happening?" I felt like that after I had my first baby. I'm like, "I thought it was supposed to be not like this. There was that was." That was horrific. That was difficult. Why have you forsaken me, God? I was honest. I'm like, oh, God. But as soon as you see the baby, you forget it all. Hallelujah. You realize, oh, that's lovely. Look, isn't she beautiful? Oh, she's so beautiful. But we can have moments in life where we feel like, oh, God, why have you forsaken me? And this is what God says. When, when we say, my God has forsaken me, my God has forgotten me, he says, can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget you. See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. Think about the palms of Jesus. When he was resurrected, he was resurrected with his body intact, but he still had the holes in his hands. Remember when he said to Thomas, put your, hand, put your fingers in the holes. Why? Because he's inscribed you on the palms of his hands. He will never forget what you mean to him. He will never forget you. This is how much he loves you. Can a woman forget the son of her womb or have not compassion on the, the, the child that she's born? They may forget. And, and it's a terrible thing. But I tell you, it's a, it's a, it's a difficult thing for a mother to not care about their children. And God says, even if they forgot, I will never forget you. I will never forget you. I will never stop loving you. I will never stop coming after you because the love I have for you is greater than any love you've ever understood. 
Have you ever been impacted by the kindness of a stranger or someone just done something that's been kind and it's just at the, at the right moment where it's just really touched you? Anybody, give me a wave. But can you remember, can you bring that to remembrance, that moment when someone did something that was just kind, that touched your heart? I can remember moments like that. Well, that kindness that you experience where you go, oh, that's tangible, that was... That was genuine kindness. That was genuine love. The kindness God has for us is so much more than that. But if you recognized a moment of genuine kindness, you can lean in and remember, God, that feeling I felt of experiencing kindness there is just a shadow of the intensity of the kindness you have toward me every moment of every day. And what we believe about God is so important because without understanding the height, the depth, the width, the breadth, this love of God that passes knowledge, we're reluctant to fully open our hearts and trust him. Because if we'll open our hearts, he wants to fill us to overflowing with all the fullness of God. And that is going to cause you to be a bright, shining light. As you, as you shine like a star in the universe, the scripture says, as you hold out the word of life. It's life and life more abundant. It's not a life free from trouble, but he says, take heart, I've overcome the world. He says, I am with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. But if you look at some of the troubles you experience and you go, well, where's God? Where is he? Where's God? He says, here, can a woman forget her child? Have not compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, but I will not forget you. His love for us is so intense. It's so deep. It's so glorious. Hallelujah. I had a moment this week and I had a little bit of a, a difficult week. And just, just um, my heart hurting for somebody that we were praying for. And I, I had a moment during the week where I just, in the, in the privacy of my own room, I was just crying. I couldn't help it. I just crying over, oh, God, it's just so sad what they are experiencing and what they're feeling. And, and I just, I had a little moment. And I, I prayed at that, in that moment. I said, Lord... <laughs> Raise up the intercessors and help them to pray for me. <laughs> I'm a bit cheeky, but I know when I ask, he listens. Well, you know what? A couple of hours later, I happened to check my phone and I saw a text message there had come through from John and Loretta, who we've recently, you remember John and Loretta, we helped as a church raise money for their um, mobile home that they're out and about. They're, they're just so beautiful. They're in Bow Desert tonight, and, uh, and God is doing amazing things through them. I'm so proud of them. But I happened to just see this message from John and Loretta. And Loretta says, what's going on? I had such a pain in my heart for you just before, and, and I saw a vision of you crying. I'm praying for you.
the goodness and the kindness of God. Nobody knew in my privacy of my own room. But God in his kindness went, I'm going to show somebody so they can pray for her. The kindness of God. But I believe that as we understand his kindness and his goodness and we lean into it, he's going to draw us into a place of being able to receive the abundance of the river of his love for us, the river of his pleasure for us, to the extent that instead of worry and fear and anxiety coming out of our mouth, we're going to, out of our mouths when we speak to people, is going to be hope and life and wisdom and peace that passes understanding. Life and words that are not, you know, stressed or anxious, but just full of wisdom and peace flowing from the heart of the one who is connecting with your heart that you are openly being vulnerable with, letting his heart minister to your heart. And as his heart ministers to your heart, the two of us become one. We are in sync with the mind of Christ. And as we go out and minister from that place of peace, of letting the Holy Spirit minister to our hearts, Colossians tells us that the comfort we receive from his Holy Spirit, we will comfort others. But he doesn't expect us just to be kind, good people on our own strength. But we can have a supernatural power to manifest kindness, to manifest the goodness of God, to speak words of life and wisdom and hope when we don't feel like it, when we're not having a good day, because we, our, our strength, our peace, our joy, our overflow is not coming from our situations or our circumstances. It's coming from the one that looks at you and loves you more than any mother's loved a child. Who looks at you and loves you more than any kindness you've ever experienced. More than any tenderness, more than any kind word, kind action, more than any love you've ever felt or experienced, that is just a shadow of the incredible intensity of love that God wants to invite us to live in. A place of supernatural peace, a place of supernatural joy. And in that place, God will speak to you. He'll, he'll give you scriptures. He'll, he'll encourage you. He'll empower you and inspire you to begin to pray. And as you open your mouth and you begin to ask, God will do what you ask. I get amazed continually at the goodness of God. But as I get specific with God and I tell him all the things and I ask him specifically for things that are worrying me, things that are on my heart, things that, as I specifically bring them to him in the awareness of the kindness of my father, my faith gets released so that I know that when I'm asking this, I'm not just sending up a prayer in the hopes that somebody hears it, but I'm actually eye to eye mouth to mouth, connecting with the one who loves me more than life. And if I ask him for help in this situation, I can have such joyful confidence that he will do it 
that I have nothing to fear. Hallelujah. I'd like you to have a quick look just as we finish on Psalm, at Psalm 43. It's so beautiful. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Psalm 43. Deborah, you sent me this this morning. And it blesses me. Hallelujah. I want to read it to you if I can in the Passion Translation. I really like it here. Hallelujah. All right. Verse 3. Pour into me the brightness of your daybreak. Pour into me your rays of revelation truth. Let them comfort and gently lead me onto the shining path, showing the way into your burning presence, into your many sanctuaries of holiness. Then I will come closer to your very altar until I come before you, the God of my ecstatic joy. I will praise you with the harp that plays in my heart to you. My God, my magnificent God. Then I will say to my soul, don't be discouraged. Don't be disturbed. For I fully expect my Saviour God to break through for me. Then I'll have plenty of reasons to praise him all over again. Yes, he is my saving grace. This comes on the back of him asking, pour into me the rays of revelation truth. Let them comfort and gently lead me onto the shining path. You know, you can go to God and say, help in your light, I see light. Pour into me your shining light. Pour into me your revelation truth. Help me be my glory and the lifter of my head. Let me see clearly you, the truth of who you are. You can pray in the Holy Spirit at that moment. And as you pray in tongues, pray with your mind, knowing the Holy Spirit's praying through you, for you, perfect prayers so, and, and bringing deliverance and freedom from the lies that are trying to surround you and get you to make choices that aren't right. And as you pray in the Spirit and pray with your mind, you can pray, pour into me your revelation light. Help me to remember your goodness and your kindness. Oh God, God, I thank you. And as you begin to see him rightly again, as you begin to remember, this is the one that looks at me and loves me. This is the one that when he looks at me, his eyes are filled with the love of, love of God that is beyond human comprehension. This one who can change a man's life with a look. This one's looking at me. Now from that place, I will say to my soul, Hey, soul, don't be discouraged. Don't be disturbed. For I fully expect my Saviour God to break through for me. Then I'll have plenty of reasons to praise Him all over again. Yes, He is my saving grace. We can say it out of the place of remembering, of recognising, of realising by this Holy Spirit who's enlightened the eyes of our understanding in the knowledge of Him, who's given us revelation, spirit of revelation in the knowledge of Him so that when I pray, I pray in faith that I am talking to the one that loves me and will never leave me. 
that I'm talking to the one that will chase me down when I am unfaithful. This one who will love me when I, when I don't please him, who will not stop. This one whose feet just keep coming after me, who's never, ever giving up on us. This one who says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to give you hope and a future, life and life more abundant. I love you and I will not give up on you. It doesn't matter if you are 5, 50, 70. It doesn't matter how old you are. God says, I know the plans I have for you. You might say, oh, my God's forsaken me. God says, see, I've inscribed you on the palm of my hands. He says the gifts and callings of God are without repentance, which means I don't change my mind about what I believe, I've, what I've called you to do. I haven't changed my mind about the good works I've laid up in advance for you to do. I haven't changed my mind about my desire to be with you. You haven't offended me. You cannot offend God enough for him to say, I'm done. I'm not interested in pursuing them anymore. While there is life in you, while there is breath in your body, the Father, the Spirit of the Father, the Spirit of the Son, the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is coming after you. He is there and he is looking and saying, I've got all the patience in the world, but I'm here and I haven't changed my mind. I know the plans I have for you. Moses didn't encounter God until he was 70. So there's no excuse for you. You say, oh, what sort of hope in a future have I got? Wonder if Moses had any idea. God has a purpose and a hope. And he is coming after you saying, choose life. Here's life, Here's life and death. You get a choice. Pick the good one. Pick life because I know what I can do with you. I can make a miracle out of a mess. I can give beauty instead of ashes. And this is what I desire for you. This is what I will do. I'm not going to punish you for ignoring me and rejecting me all your life. But I am here. And the moment you turn to me, I am the father of the prodigal son that will restore everything, that will bring you straight into a place of acceptance, authority, and love. You, will, you are more loved than you could possibly comprehend. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future.